0: word of prayer. God, take my words and speak through them. Take our minds, think through them. Take our will and set them on fire for love of your son in whose name we pray. Amen. Good evening. Please be seated. For our evening time, I want to focus on this little phrase, he loved them to the end. The end, that word means in Greek is telos. And there are two appropriate meanings for this little phrase, he loved them to the end. The first is he loved them fully, or he defined love for them completely. He gave a full and comprehensive definition of that little word love. And you can imagine there are a lot of Definitions for the word love. Let me offer a few that you can find on dictionary.com. One definition of love is that it is a profound, tender passion and affection for another person, a feeling of warmth and personal attachment or deep affection as a parent for a child or a friend, passionate desire. These are all good, legitimate definitions of the word love. But here in this passage, Jesus is going to fully and comprehensively define it for us? What does it mean when we say Jesus loves me? We're going to find out. That's one possible meaning for this word. He loved them to the end. And the other possible application or other possible meaning is that he not only defined it comprehensively, but he displayed it fully. Both are appropriate. We'll see in this foot washing is really the first Portion of that sentence that he defines it fully. It's on the cross where he will display it completely. So let's think about the definition of love that Jesus gives for us. How does he display love for us? Is it a profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person? That's a fine definition. I have no problem with that definition, but it's just a little bit lacking when compared to what Jesus does for us. So here's my working definition. That love that we see displayed in this passage is a sovereign, now that's a weird word to start with the definition of love, but bear with me. The love we have here displayed is a sovereign, deliberate choice of indiscriminate sacrificial service. All right? that's a mouthful. One more time, love is a sovereign or responsible choice of indiscriminate sacrificial service. Follow along with me in your text and you can see if uh, my definition uh, bears up to what we have in our passage this evening. So let's look at it, John chapter 13. Have it out in front of you and uh, follow along with me. You'll note it's very curious, isn't it? It's very curious as the passage begins we are told that Jesus this is verse 3 knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God he rose a deliberate choice he rose but his deliberate choice was based on what It was based on the knowledge of his sovereignty. Knowing that he was from God and returning to God and that all things were under his hands, he rose. His sovereignty was related to his ability to choose. He was responsible, he was able to respond. Now bear with me while we tease this out, we're gonna see how this is absolutely essential to true love. How is sovereignty, responsibility related to love? Think with me, a young child, an infant, has no sovereignty. They are not autonomous. They eat whatever is put in front of them. They, they are clothed by whatever mom or dad puts on them. They don't have any ability to choose. Uh, but as that little infant grows, they become increasingly what? Responsible. They become increasingly autonomous. we would never say it, but they become increasingly sovereign. They, they have some exercise of authority over their life. And this, is, of course, is uh, the goal of parenthood, that you raise a child so that they are a full uh, a, responsible adult, able to make decisions for themselves, fully capable, fully sovereign, again, a churchy word, sovereign over their own life. How does this relate to love? Great question. In our marriage service, there's a strange little portion that sounds like it's the marriage, but it's really not. It's the portion in which I say as the officiant, will you have this woman to have and to hold in sickness and health? And the person responds, I will. The woman responds, the man responds. It's, it's what's called the declaration of consent. It's not the actual marriage vows, but it's the declaration of consent. Why is that important? It's important because I, as the officiant, am establishing the grounds upon which this marriage is going to be based. And what is the marriage going to be based upon? The free adult decision of a responsible person. Right. Why, why are you here? Are you being compelled by forces outside of yourself? No. At the heart of a marriage, a declaration of consent establishes that a marriage is two responsible people making a choice. Jesus makes a choice. He is a sovereign, responsible, and his choice is related to his sovereignty. Think with me even further. In our articles of religion, we have what's called 39 articles. These are 39 pithy little summary statements of what we believe. And the first statement of these 39 articles, first of 39 says this, that God is without body, parts, or passion. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Why would we say that God is without passion? Do we mean that God is... Not feeling? Do we mean that God has no emotions? Of course not. You have to erase half of the the Bible to have a God without feeling. That's not what it means at all. What it means when we say that God, or when, I don't say that, when theologians say that God is without passion, what we mean is that God is never compelled by anything other than God. Right? That there's nothing outside God that makes him act. God alone acts because he's God. And anything that would compel him to act doesn't exist. He's completely sovereign. He's completely responsible. Nothing is compelling him. He chooses. So that's the first half of my definition. And compare it to our contemporary definition of love, which is based upon emotion and intensity of passion. This definition that I'm teasing out is... Not based on emotion, but based upon a sovereign and deliberate choice of the lover. The second half, indiscriminate sacrificial service. Let me touch on those last two words, sacrificial service. Look at chapter 13, verse 6. Sorry, verse 4. He rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garment. He took up a towel. Do you see that he laid it aside, he picked up. Now, those are strange words to use for clothing oneself. Those, those are not the typical words one would use. If you back up to the, to the 10th chapter of John, you find these are the same words that Jesus used when he says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down. I lay it down just like I'm laying down this cloak, just like I'm laying down my outer garment. S- Love is always expressed In sacrifice. I'm taking something off. Jesus is taking off his outer garment. He's picking something up in order to serve. He's picking up a towel. Love is always expressed in sacrificial service. That's true for Jesus. It's true for us. We lay down We lay down our own wishes so we can tend to the hopes and dreams of another. We lay down thinking about ourselves so we can think about another. We stop pitying ourselves so we can have pity for others. There's only so much pity you can have if you spend it all on yourself, all that... You don't have any pity for anybody else. But you see, there's always a a laying down. A laying down in sacrifice to pick up and serve. And I know that sounds a little formulaic, but I think in the best of loving relationships, you just see a natural, unforced, sacrificial service. One of my favorite passages is, for God so loved the world that he gave. You know that it's John chapter 3, verse 16, and that word so is often translated that God loved the world so, 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 so much. I think what the passage means is God loves the world in this way. So, God loved the world in the following way that he gave Love always involves giving, sacrifice, sacrifice for the point of service. All right? So follow along with me in the definition. A responsible choice of sacrificial service, the most challenging portion is its lack of discrimination. Notice who's prominently mentioned in our passage. Judas. Judas. And uh, we're told that during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, in other words, Judas is not like on the fence. Judas has already made the deal with the devil. And the Lord knows it. And the Lord washes his feet. It's indiscriminately given. Another passage is that God's love is compared to the sun and the rain. It's from Matthew's gospel. Jesus says that our love should be like the love of God, who makes the sun shine on the just and the unjust. He makes the rain fall on the righteous and the evil. The rain does not discriminate. the sun does not discriminate. It just falls. And here we have, and in Jesus enacting that parable, his love does not discriminate. <laughs> it falls on the just and the unjust. And so that's why I come to this conclusion that love as we find it fully defined in this passage is the following. It is a responsible choice of indiscriminate sacrificial service. And as Jesus' life comes to an end, you know the passage began, Jesus knowing that his hour was at hand. It's a reference to Jesus knows that his end is near. And what he impresses upon his followers more than any other subject is the subject of love. The word love is mentioned six times in 12 chapters, the first 12 chapters. It's mentioned 30 times in the next three chapters because Jesus wants us to know what it is that we mean when we sing this little song that we know so well. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells. How does he love you? He loves you that way. It is his sovereign choice, indiscriminately given, of sacrificial service for you and me. A couple of implications. A couple of implications uh, from this passage. Implication number one, apparently God does not love us because of our lovableness, which is kind of reassuring but kind of humbling. Because I think of myself as kind of lovable. <laughs> you probably think of your love as, yourself as kind of lovable. But if you had to choose, would you want God's love for you to be based upon your lovability or his decision to love? You'd probably go with the latter, wouldn't you? Well, this is a reassuring because God's love is clearly based upon his deliberate choice, not on our lovableness. Implication number two. Jesus does not, does not simply model love so that we can have a nice, pithy, working definition. I like nice, pithy, work, working definitions, but that's not the goal of this passage. It just says Maundy Thursday. Monday, Thursday comes from the Latin mandate, from the new commandment that Jesus gives that we might love as he loves. He, model, he defines love so that we can practice it. And boy, it's daunting, isn't it? I kind of like the dictionary.com definition better. Sentimentality and fond emotions for someone. This is really challenging. But this is what Jesus displays or defines for us and asks us to follow in. So think of how divine is your love. Is it indiscriminately given or kind of a little more judicious? Is your love deliberate or do you fall in love or fall out of love? Is your love expressed in sacrificial service or does it sort of degenerate into sentimentality? It's a high, high bar, isn't it? But Jesus gives us this definition of love so that we can follow him and in following him know that it's the way of life so in this foot washing passage Jesus fully defines love responsible sovereign choice of indiscriminate sacrificial service and in a few hours he will fully display what he has just defined on the cross he will deliberately choose. No one takes his life. He lays it down. He will offer the great sacrifice for our good in service to us. And this sacrifice will be indiscriminately offered to all for the sins of the whole world. What he has just defined, he will soon display. So let's ask God to help us grasp the breadth and the depth of this marvelous little statement that we all learned as kids. That Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so.